Hello, fellow blue Kool-Aid drinkers and other listeners alike. While not happy with the results on Sunday, we are happy with the progress being made on this podcast. Each episode as we go has had a larger and larger audience, and we can't have done it without you. But we say, why stop now? We ask that you please subscribe, share, and leave a review if possible. Your feedback does not go unnoticed. This week's episode has us giving our thoughts on the Sunday's loss to Seahawks, the Lions' bum of the week, a few positive notes, of course, as we drink the blue Kool-Aid. Then a Vikings fan, Trey, enters the Lions' den. And finally, we'll give you nine reasons why the Lions won't only win the division, but win the very Super Bowl itself, and our ever-so-accurate predictions. We hope you enjoy, but before we get the podcast rolling, a quick word from our very own UJ. Just when you think your years of devotion are finally being rewarded, the Lions once again rip your hearts out. We're like Linus in the pumpkin patch, waiting for the great pumpkin to bring him wonderful surprises and gifts. The great pumpkin never comes, but Linus still returns every year with a faithful heart. We are the moths of the lion's flame. We can't help ourselves. We tell ourselves that when the day finally comes and the Lions win a Super Bowl, it'll be the greatest day ever. But will it ever come? I hope so. I believe so. Why else would I follow this merry band of misfits? This team has a lot of talent, but they just don't know how to win. Not in a championship sense. The amount of sacrifice needed and the mental strength required to be champions. This needs to be learned. I believe that they can learn it. I believe they will. Ricky Jean Francois said after the game, I don't know what it is. I really don't care what it is. I just want everybody to lock back in. Just lock in for the next 10 weeks. Leave everything else outside the building. I know you love your family, but tell them you'll see them in February. Just lock in and do your job. Anything else, nothing else is important to us right now except that. Ricky Jean has been there and he knows what it takes. When the rest of the team can realize this, they may have a chance to be great. Until then, I'll try to wash away the stench of another brutal loss. I will whip up another batch of that tasty blue Kool-Aid. And as I gulp it down with gusto and prepare for next week when we, the Lions crush the Vikings and the Lions get back on track and back on the road to glory. is drinking the blue kool-aid a detroit lions podcast where lifelong lions fans uj rug dog bob Connor. talk about your favorite team the detroit lions where victory isn't just talked about it's earned one pride let's get this podcast rolling well you guys the lions Coming off a big time loss against the Seattle Seahawks, twenty eight to fourteen scenario for you guys, really quick. Um, you go into the grocery store and you're, you know, we we we're all drinking the blue Kool Aid here. But you go in there, you go to the Kool Aid section, and then the flavor that you like the most is the one all the way in the back, and it's the only one left. Like the blue Kool Aid, there's cherry, there's all those other red ones and green and yellow but we want the blue one it's all the way in the back but the package is partially ripped open um somebody's messed around with it but you buy it anyway because you want to drink that blue kool-aid 
This is a bad batch of blue Kool-Aid. It is the last ripped package in the in the store. And that's I mean, this is just an absolute um beat down by the Seattle Seahawks and a very poor effort. And you guys all went to the game. You're supposed to bring back a winner. I know. Oh, man. We tried. We tried. It's, it's not, it's not our fault. Connor, what's you, up? You Jay bet well, on the Seahawks. Yeah. I wasn't gonna name names, but someone in this group did bet on the Seahawks. It was team. an accident. Sure. Put sixteen conference you. on the Seahawks. It was one an accident. I'm telling you. Oh no! Oh, you had to bring that about it. You had to bring that I explained myself to you guys. It was an accident. I hit the wrong button. I didn't check my work. Like, likely story. Likely uh, story. Guys. It, it threw Matt off his game. But on a, on a good note, I'm going to come in second in the pool. I'll win some money. When we walked into the stadium, <laughs> Matt just looked up at you, Jay, and was just like, "Really, really, yeah, you Jay?" He did. He did. Well, I want to get into it, guys. Um, you yeah, were at the game. Out. How big were those rushing um, gaps on this for the Seahawks? They ran the ball 42 times in this game. They oh, ran it I, at will. Every I thought play you were going to say how big were the rushing guys. gaps for us. Well, I'll times. tell you, they were a lot smaller the two or three times they actually played snacks. Maybe if we had played him more, they wouldn't have run over us so much. Well, but... I'll get into that in a little bit. I just did him in the stats when he was on the field. We'll get into that a little bit later. But just in general, I mean, this Lions defense, I mean. They were dominated. Just... Yeah, Absolutely. They, dominated. You, they can't get off the field. Do you, do you know the Lions defense this year has only had 10 three and outs forced? That's, they. This is a defense that cannot get off the field. And I don't believe issue. you. Yeah, we haven't had that many. <laughs> and you notice how smart teams are just picking on tees now. They're just, they're just blatantly going they're after. They're just them. teasing them. And we. Oh, keep, that was too easy. And too we, easy. And we keep putting them out there on an island, uh, single, you know, by himself out there in the end. I don't know. I understand the bend don't break defense but ours just completely broke this week like there was no bending just it's not I mean, the defense didn't play good but they also got about zero help from any other unit and we knew that i agree we know that that if any unit needs help the most well now i'm thinking special teams but you were like the defense we knew we were need we were gonna need to get better performances from the other two units for them to be able to have any chance of success and that did not materialize well, that's what I'm going to get to next is the um, the lack of a pass rush. And Granted, there was only 17 passes in this game. But when it came down to it, Russell Wilson, 14 to 17 throwing, 248 yards, three touchdowns, Ugh. and a pristine 158.3 passer rating. Somebody who had been to the system, first of all, I don't know who thought 158.3 was a good, perfect score to have, but it is the perfect score, and that's what Russell Wilson had. <laughs> Yeah, um, was, Russell Wilson. He also got he's a decent the refs, quarterback. The refs reinvented what NFL catches uh, in this game, as per usual, when the Lions are in a game. <laughs> Apparently, the process that, but... is falling down backwards, and the ball touches your hands for a few seconds. And falls come, out. On, come on, Z, it was ridiculous. Z, you saw yeah. it on TV with a million replays. What did you think? We were at the game. We didn't see much in the way of replays. Well. They showed it a couple times. The broadcast did a really bad job with this. They showed it a couple times. They went to commercial, and then we come back from commercial, and the Seahawks are re- running a first down play. And they're like, oh, in commercial, the refs uh, are preparing to call. Boy, but boy. what I did see, it's tough. Because I don't think he had control of it the entire time he went to the ground, and then he it popped out on the ground. If this was last year, I don't think it's a catch. This year, 
the catch rule almost seems more iffy than ever because there's really no rule. Because now you just it. have to touch it for a moment with two hands. But it looks, and it's in real catch. time, it didn't look like a catch. But in slow motion, it looks more like a catch. In the, in the stadium, they showed the first the, the first play replay, had it going all the way to the ground. We're like, he catches the ball falling backwards, hits the ground, the ball clearly hits the ground and gets knocked out a little bit and jarred loose. But, like, then after that, they only showed that for a split second. Every replay after that was merely the the process of him falling backwards. They never got to the ground again. I don't think they ever even they, – they were looking at those two steps he made falling backwards, which are apparently football moves these days. Well, <laughs> it, was, it was a bad call, I think. But on the reverse side, you know, really good teams don't let one bad call by the ref dictate the rest of the game. Connor! The line. Connor! What is – Drink some more Kool-Aid. Yeah, find the Kool-Aid, my man. Yes, yeah, so, with the referees. Oh, oh, man. finish. I said it was a bad call, but Patricia's right. The Lions need to see these games out, and I hope that they drink as much Kool-Aid as we do this week yeah. to get this discipline under control. I don't think that's not drinking the Kool-Aid. I just think that's observing – we have to don't get logical. Kill the yeah, that's please, not. Please don't start. You need Kool Aid, man. I'm telling you, I don't um, think it's ridiculous to ask the Lions to play better. But no, it's not. You're right. No, it's not. They need to play better. <laughs> um, I want to get to the offensive side of the ball now for a moment. All right. um, Matt Stafford, twenty-seven of forty, three ten, two touchdowns, one awful interception, and one awful fumble. Um, Ugh. I guess let's. Let's get to our favorite topic to talk about on this podcast. Um, Jim Bob Cooter play calling. In my opinion, the <laughs> run wasn't there fun. early. They should have recognized it. And you, you and me, Rod Dogger, are kind of talking about this. Um, the Patriots are really good at doing this. If they see something not working, they abandon it completely, and they shift to something that is working. Right. The Lions pass game, I thought, was working extremely effectively, and I wish they went to it earlier in this game, personally. Oh, yeah. Z, you're absolutely right. Uh, they did nothing to adjust to Seattle's defense. They kept trying to force the run. They could have – they were playing a lot of two-deep safety. Seattle was. It was hard to play you – know, get those outside passes. They kept throwing those stupid four-yard passes over the middle on those little crossing patterns. It was driving me nuts. They didn't – they failed – completely failed to exploit the middle of the field. I think that they could have got big chunk yards there, you know, over the linebackers between the safeties, but they didn't even go there. Uh, Jim Bob – no imagination, no adjustments. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Uh, I think he's out of his league. I'm I, starting to think it more and more all the time. I think it was a classic Jim Bob performance. Uh, we get behind because early on we're not very aggressive. I mean, we got that big play early on after Stafford managed to bail out of the uh, you know hairy situation and make a deep play, but then when we disappear – the offense just becomes inept for a long stretch of the game. And then it's not until the late in the game when the pressure's on and, like, you pull the handcuffs off Stafford and then you start slinging it. I mean, this time Stafford didn't step up, but normally that's the only reason our offense gets going is when Stafford just starts letting it fly. And uh, that's just – that's the hallmark, Jim Bob, disappearing for yeah. long stretches. I wouldn't have minded them going back to the run if they were putting up points. Like, if Stafford's slinging it, they're getting points, and they're like, well, let's see if we can get the run going now that we've been passing a lot. But he just tried to force the run down everyone's throats, and it clearly was not working this week. Yeah, that, that one play was uh, set at all when Carrion ran into the line, sort of jumped up, and he just, like, flew backwards. Like a rag doll. <laughs> he, he, 
He did like he, yeah, like he bounced that was, he ran into his own guy in that play. Like he bounced that ball off. Yeah, was, that was like that was like the butt fumble almost, but he oh, didn't fumble right into the back of uh, Toy Lolo on that play. <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, just to throw the stats out there, carry on Johnson, eight carries, twenty-two yards. Matt Matt Stafford one carry for six. Legarrette Blunt three carries for three yards. And by the way, Legarrette Blunt missed one big hole to his right. If he just did one jump cut. Um, he could have had a twenty-yard run easily. Instead, he ran into um the defensive alignment. Uh, the, the only hole in the, the game, left side. and he didn't see it. Glacier, yeah. <laughs> glaciers don't be, jump cut. To be positive, though, I think when Carryon's not great on the run, he did look good on some of his receptions, though. Oh, oh well, he did show some great versatility. Receptions. He had eight. Um, he had six catches for sixty-nine yards, and of course, the one you're noting where he just absolutely shoved down Thompson with a stiff arm for and. Gutted it out for a nice first down. Uh, I think I, I think nice I watched that play. highlight about twenty times. It was oh, absolutely awesome. <laughs> How crazy were the stands going for that one? Oh, they loved it, man. The, the crowd went nuts. Yeah. There wasn't much to cheer about at that time, but uh, when brought you some that, fire back into the game for yeah. a bit. I mean, that's a big emergence, though. Realizing his effectiveness, out like they that that's where I'll give Jim Bob a little credit, but he was way too slow getting there. Is realizing you just got to get the ball and carry on hand in space. The O line right. wasn't generating the space, so you got to get them out in the the flat or in the you know downfield a little bit, and it just took them way too long to get there. Uh, yeah, but that's also I think a, a really big emergence, though, just realizing what he can do in the receiving capacity. Yeah, I just no, say, absolutely. Jim Bob's offense it it seems to lack rhythm, uh, pacing. Like there was a time when you had to have a sense of urgency, and it just took him forever to seem to get that going you know like we gotta score <laughs> it just took them forever just look know. at yeah. just look at the seahawks those guys understand when to to shoot you know when to when to like they'll play on that short down where they just pop the tight end out and get like a 60 yard pass play those guys understand how to set up situations and scenarios to get big plays and then what was it late in the game after that weird uh challenge call for that Patricia made, I mean, it got us five yards, but uh, what do they do next play, play action, deep ball down to the five-yard line? I mean, the guy, they just understood when to go for the jugular, and we don't, we just kind of keep doing some sort of, like, uh, playbook for dummies on how to run an offense. All right, well, hey, hey, so Bob's not here, so I'm going to give a little defense to Jim Bob Cooter, okay? <laughs> yeah, all right, let's hear it. Good luck. We say, we say he tried to force the run down her throat. There was only 13 rush attempts in this game, and one was by the quarterback, so that, that wasn't a design run. Zach, play. remember, we had three possessions in the first half. So yeah. looking at it as a percentage of the plays, <laughs> we hardly had the ball, man, it seemed like. Yeah. The whole first half, we were watching our defense against Seattle's offense. That's where we had to transition to. Yeah, the blame there really goes to special teams. Abdullah well, effed us. He effed us good and hard. The special teams have just been fumble. absolutely brutal this year. Hey, hey, yeah. hey uh, that's a good lead into my – I have a brief little segment here I want to introduce, okay? All right, it's, go for it. It's called Bum of the Week. All right. The winner of this award each week will get – his own shopping cart, <laughs> a pound of aluminum cans, and a pocket full of change. So, my nomination for this week's uh, bum of the week is Amir Abdullah, who with his uh, fumble on the kick return that changed the whole course of the game. Because after he fumbled, 
uh, we were never in that game till the fourth quarter. It just the whole game changed. We never got back in it. It was incredible. The thing that gets me with that is he has one job. That's literally his only job. I know. He's a backup running back maybe every once every 60 plays. But his only job is returning kicks out of the end zone. Uh, and he can't hey, even do that. Brutal. Least, the damn ball. Brutal. At least he's not Ty Montgomery, though. Oh, he fumbled at the end of the Rams-Packers game, right? Yeah. When they specifically told him not to run the ball out, he ran it out and fumbled it, and the Rams won the game. Yeah, that's yeah. maybe a little worse. Yeah, well, I don't know. All I, I know mean, is – You can argue that both of them cost us the game, so. We, the Lions were, were totally well, out they, of the Ty Montgomery literally cost them the game. Oh, yeah. And uh, wait, is this Bob joining yeah. the call? Yeah, I'm, I'm stuck. Oh, perfect. Hey, perfect. Bob. Good I, timing. Please defend Jim Bob Cooter. Oh, were you ripping on Jim Bob? This... No, not at all. Oh, never, well, never, never a bad thing to say. <laughs> Just a short little recap. Jim Bob Cooter trying to force down the run, doesn't know um, when to make the right call sometimes, doesn't have a good feel for the game. Proceed. Yeah. Well, it wasn't – obviously, the offense didn't do much this week, so it's hard to defend. But uh, I don't know if it's uh, – yeah, I, that's what I thought, too. They they should have uh, gone away from the running game quicker. But Whoa, but they did okay. try But they did try to keep carry on involved, which I thought was good. They, he wasn't getting the holes that he was the previous week, but they were still trying to keep him involved. But I would have liked to see the ball spread out a little better. Like I don't know why they targeted Galladay. Yeah, yeah. We had one one target in this game for a twelve yard catch, and that was towards the end of the game when they were playing more prevent a little bit. I thought that was in like the first half. Uh, I don't. I it was it the beginning of the second half. The first. It was earlier than I thought, but anyway. Oh, maybe. Um, yeah. but now I I want to turn around a little bit. All right, so. Drink your Kool Aid, boys. Drink it up because I I want to get to a couple of good. Good points in this game. I, I heard the I heard the Kool Aid going down a little bit right there. Um, so first of all, I hope it's here to stay. The Marvin Jones and Stafford connection was looking good in this game. <sighs> I benched him in fantasy. <laughs> Twenty-seven goes, points. Man. That's how it goes. Connor, you should bench I, him the rest of the season because he's going to take off every time I, you bench him. I I started Galladay over Jones. Galladay had one point seven points. Marvin Jones at 27. <laughs> yeah, very upset yeah. today. That's what you get. I mean, on that first drive, it was a beautiful avoiding of the sack by Stafford stepping up in the pocket and delivering a beautiful pass to the corner of the end zone. I think Stafford was surprised he wasn't sacked. He like, whoa. <laughs> hey. Maybe a little bit. He did that classic Stafford, like, bend of the knees. Oh, when yeah. he curls up into a fetal position, it's, like, so frustrating <laughs> to watch. He just, like, accepts it. Yeah. I mean, he's gotten out of it every once in a while, yeah, though, because no. he goes really low when he it was, does it. It was a great play. True. It was a great play. No, it was. It just looked funny. It looked like <laughs> – it, it always looks funny. It like he was surprised. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And was... Golden Tate actually looked really good on the first um, first I... drive. The whole first drive was really well done. 13 plays. Agreed. Um, they yeah. they moved the ball around really well. Yeah. And they, they still didn't run the ball too well, but – then they thought, thought they are going to dominate the game. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I want to get to the other big positives of this game. And we haven't talked about it. I want to give his own little segment here. Um, Golden Tate stuffed his locker with Butterfingers and Doritos. And I'm talking about Snacks. 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 Who the Lions signed. Big game. For a fifth-round draft pick. 
Um, you guys, how much are we going to love this guy? Oh, I love him already, man. I love him. Every Let play just... he was on, our defense looks so much better. And yep. when he, now that you say that, um, when he when he was in the game in the first quarter, Seattle's runs went for one, two, and two yards. When he wasn't, Seattle's run went for nine, six, five, two, eleven, and twelve. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't include the the goal line stop. And then in the fourth quarter, he logged a big sack for us to get the ball back as well. Yeah. That was an awesome um, sack too, by the way. Jesus he died. finished with seven tackles, two of which were for loss, and one sack. Not bad on <laughs> two days. A monster practice. game. Especially because we weren't even playing him all the time, yeah. too. I Which is actually better than I thought it was. My weird thing with him was it just seemed like they didn't put him in at the right times. Like, they didn't put him in on the obvious running downs a lot of the time, it seemed. Well, well you, know, like, he had a, you know, he had a long starting streak, and Patricia didn't start him. <sighs> And uh, they were talking about that. And Patricia doesn't have those kind of like sentimental feelings about things, I guess. But I think he, right. came, I think he came in on like the third play, right, uh, or something like that. He came in really. Yes, quick, I believe quickly. you're right. I, yeah, I thought it was after. Yeah, an 84 game start streak that was broken. Yes, it was after they converted a first down and we couldn't stop the run. I remember he came in and he we go they go three and out after that. That was like when we still looked like we were going to win the game. Yeah, I mean, and we have him on the books, um, I believe, for the next two years as well. So he's here to stay yeah. for a little bit. Very excited. I think him and a starting proponent will be make a big difference. Now if we can just get Patrick Peterson by tomorrow's deadline. <laughs> oh, man. I don't, I don't think the Lions have enough cap space for that, unfortunately. Probably not. Move make the it happen. around. Cut on the – No, they, they can't. Do he's that. already locked. They yeah. cannot do that. Can't do what, it. What'd you say? Trade Ziggy? Cut him. <laughs> cut his face. Oh, cut him? No. You can't cut him. him. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, he's becoming the best, pra- most expensive practice player in the league. I know. He's practicing <laughs> but not playing. That's very strange. I had a dream last night that we had a really good linebacker and that he played often enough that he could contribute. But then I woke up, so I don't know. Mm. Yeah, we need linebacker help bad. It's we bad. had a great linebacker on the field yesterday. His name is Chris Spielman. He he was yeah. on the field yesterday before the Detroit game. Lions uh, homecoming. I do want to give a shout out to Chris Spielman. He announces a lot of Lions games, and thank God because he's awesome. when he is not announcing, it's a totally different experience, and I don't. It's not good. He he does a really good job of breaking down the game. I'm like he a lot does, of other and he and you can tell he still loves the Lions. So I kind oh, yeah, I kind of like does. that. <laughs> it's nice having a guy like that in the booth. Yeah, it really is. I agree. And he is smart. You're right, Zach. He does a good job in the games, I think. Very, very smart. Yeah. Um, but you're speaking of Ziggy. Um, I mean, is this is this rush defense, is there any hope of this getting better? Because it's been pretty bad almost all year. When the Lions have held their opponents under 105 yards rushing, they've won every game. More than 105, all losses. Every top so 10 run team seems to Ziggy comes shorts. back. I, don't know I mean, Ziggy... do you think Ziggy is the missing piece to the puzzle? I think I do. Is he the one solution? I do. I partly. I think it's partial because I, I think it'll help a little Look bit. at the linebackers. Seattle was playing out there yesterday with Wagner and uh, 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 what's the other guy's name. But, I mean, they were just way better than our linebackers. Yeah, they filled I mean, gaps. I mean, they filled gaps unbelievably. I mean, they, was, they were stout. You know, I mean, Jared Davis played pretty good, but we were, we were not filling the gaps. We weren't hitting guys. We were getting hit. Our, their running backs were pushing yeah. us, and it, you know, it was a big difference. You could tell in the you game. You notice we never 
our linebackers never got leverage on the running backs. They were always getting them from the sides, allowing them to push forward for, like, an extra two or three yards at the end of, like, every single run. They were never hitting them head on. But then carry on goes into a hole, and there's Wagner head-to-head just blasting them back. It's just night and day linebacker play there. Yeah, we're, we're, we're still lacking in the linebacker area. And now Christian Jones is out. Let's hope – oh, no. That might not be good. Yeah, I mean, we, we did have uh, – Aquara had a sack early in this game and Snacks had a sack. So, we had two sacks in this game. Uh, but, I mean, I thought we actually did a de- – Russell Wilson didn't run around that much. I no, they kept him contained, but they couldn't get to him. Yeah. I mean – the pocket just moved around, and he just sort of moved around with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's what he's good at doing. Right? Whenever yeah. we got pressure, he didn't exactly scramble out of the pocket, but he scrambled just enough to buy like an extra three seconds, and there's a wide open yeah. guy downfield. And he always found yeah. him. Found him every time. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, he, had a, he had a great day. Yeah. Before um, we move on a little bit, I just want to. Um, point out one other thing here. So TJ Lang, he rotated in and out of this game with Wiggins. I think they're trying to limit his snaps um, yeah. as he comes back from a concussion, which is interesting strategy. Um, do, oh, I mean, what do you guys think about that? I don't well, have a problem with it. Really. I didn't really notice it. I mean, I think Wiggins did a solid job. And then I just want to take a little segue off of that in the same topic is I thought the old line actually did a really, really good job pass pro wise. Uh, while they couldn't open holes in the run game, Stafford was generally not harassed. And when he was, it was usually after he looked downfield for a few seconds and couldn't find anybody. So, yeah, no, we've been a really good at protecting Stafford this year. I think that's one thing that we've remained consistent on. But, uh, yeah, we need to do better opening up the run in the future for sure. Wait, can we, can we just talk about Stafford for two minutes here? Yeah. Because this uh, is, is, that <laughs> yeah, is that a real question? Yeah, is that a real question? Come on. Uh, I know I I don't want to transition back uh, the the Kool Aid you know uh, but uh so, just really quick this is still something that really bothers me about Stafford I mean we all love love Stafford obviously but this man needs to get the ball away from his waist when he's trying to get out of the pocket yeah. oh seriously just put two hands on it and take the sack Zach, we were because talking we've about seen that it too many times when he's holding the ball down low by his side, and it gets knocked out. It happened against San Francisco yeah. earlier this year. Cost us the game. Oh, and it might have cost us the game against the Seahawks here as well. You could probably do a whole career highlight reel of him doing that. You know, because he's, <laughs> he's done it all his whole career. That's one of his weak points in his game, you know, over it's, the years. It's whenever he tries to do too much. Like, he, every once in a while, he goes away from that, like, sort of pragmatic knowing you got to get rid of the ball or, the worst, or at least take the sack, and then he tries to – do something. I mean, on that play when he fumbled, there was like a brief pause where he stopped, yeah. could have thrown it or thrown it away, no problem. Instead, he tries to step up through a hole and the pocket was going all crazy, collapsing, and he, like you said, holds the ball at his waist as he runs up there and the D tackle gets off the block and hits the right. It was, yeah, he needs to. It has worked a few times, to be fair. Right. Like, it's not like it's never worked, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's too big of a play to mm-hmm. not take the conservative route and put two hands on the ball. Right, head. exactly. I mean, but he is – I mean, he, he does get the Brett Favre comparisons, kind of like the wild card. You take the good with the bad sometimes. Yep. <laughs> That's um, all we got Because the good outweighs the bad. 
Um, but and uh, speaking of one more bad thing, yeah. Sorry, sorry, listeners. Um, the, the interception in the, end, in the end zone or the one yard <laughs> line. The guy standing right in. First of all, I I'm a I hate rollouts to the right on the goal line. I I, I bet percentage wise, it is around thirty percent success rate. I, I don't understand shrinking the field when the field's already been shrunk. I am not a big fan of it, personally. But anyways, Stafford rolls out to the right, has Golden Tate by the front right pylon. There's a guy right in front of Golden Tate. I mean, right in front of him. And Stafford throws it right to him. I ah, That one bothered me. That one bothered me a lot. Yeah, oh, yeah. A lot. The play call, notwithstanding, Stafford just made a great play to pick up the first down there on a run. A quarterback keeper, and he decides to force it. I mean, I think a perfect throw there might have actually worked, but what are you doing? You don't need to make a – you don't try to force a perfect throw there. You get, you, you get rid of the – and live to fight another down. Yeah, that was just a, just a boneheaded mistake by Matt. Yeah, um, but – okay. But enough about that. We're going to move on. on to the divisional recap here for the week. Divisional recap. Um, the Bears get a couldn't have got much better for us except for one. Yeah, game. so the Bears get a victory over the Jets um, at home in Chicago. The Vikings lose thirty to twenty in prime time. Um, it, um, and then the Packers, as you mentioned, lose due to a fumble by their kick returner, twenty nine to twenty seven to the Rams. They had the Rams on the ropes, could not do it. Um, yeah, they almost beat the Rams, which is kind of scary to think about, but they didn't. Yeah. So, and we beat the Packers. So, I mean, anybody uh, can I think beat anybody in this league at any time. That's true. That means we're beating the Rams confirmed. That's confirmed. <laughs> we, all, that's we, that. we also got smoked by the Jets, and they just got beat by the Bears. So, I don't want to play out that now. <laughs> the NFL is so hard to figure, man. Yeah, well, we, we can play so good one week and play such so bad the next. I just seriously. Sometimes I just don't get so, it. So the Bears go from last place to first place in NFC North now. Yeah, <laughs> at four and three, the Vikings are four, uh, three and one. Three and one, right? Yeah, and the Packers are three, three and one, and the Lions three and four. So we find ourselves in last place. We have them right so where we news, want them, guys. Good news. The Lions' schedule right now. Just listen to this really quick. The next four, five games. I'm gonna go five games. Vikings. On the road, the Bears on the road, Panthers at home, the five and two Panthers I mentioned. Then the Bears at home on Thanksgiving, gobble gobble, and then the Rams at home. <laughs> so I Whoa. mean, it is a brutal, brutal stretch. But three of those five games are at home. Sound, <laughs> I say at least they're at home. Sounds so like five and zero stretch there. Places. I think we'll be yeah. at four after that. Sounds like a four of a championship team right there. The gauntlet. I agree. But you know what? The game this week, um, we got to go 2-0 in the division, and it's the Vikings. And this week, um, we have a Vikings fan entering the Lions' den. You are now entering the Lions' den. Well, you guys, entering the Lions' den this week is a guy I played football with, actually, in college. Um, his name is Trey. Um, Trey? And uh, I think he was dropped on his head as a child because he is a Vikings fan. Death, only death. explanation. <laughs> so Trey, um, if you just introduce yourself and maybe just start us off, um, I like to ask first, um, 
how did you become a Vikings fan? How did, how did, how is this possible? Well, uh, my name is Trey Cunningham. Uh, I started to get into football when I was about, oh, I'd say five years old. So 1996 for me, I, first things, first teams I loved were the Broncos and, and the Packers. Cause I love Favre and Elway. But when I was about seven, my dad told me that my cousin was on the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, a year later, they went 15-1 and one and lost in the NFC Championship. That was my second cousin, Randall Cunningham. So that's why oh, I'm a Vikings fan. About that. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got a decent reason, I guess. <laughs> that was pretty good, Randall Cunningham. Yeah. He was a pretty good player. It's so, better than my reason for being a Florida Gators fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll focus it on NFL right now, though. Um, so yeah. I guess just get into it. I just want the the big talking point with the Vikings, at least this off season, and kind of lately with his play, um, Kirk Cousins. I wanted to get your um, what are your thoughts about the Kirk Cousins? Is he worth thirty million a year? <sighs> I don't think any. <laughs> Quarterback not named Rodgers or Brady is th- worth thirty million a year, but I mean that's what the market is. You got to pay him. I think he left us done better than I expected it. Um, are you aware that Kirk Cousins um, trademarked before the season started the phrase "You like that"? Please, oh no, yeah, <laughs> man, oh. he he might be one of the lamest people I have I have ever followed, but I mean. He can throw a football, so I just got to Well, he's really good at throwing it to Saints defensive That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> how about his – how about his – I mean, speech, at, at least talks. last night someone someone stopped on the route. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a good excuse. How about Thielen, though? Thielen's about to break Calvin Johnson's record this week unless the Lions can stop Yeah, him. so Adam, Adam Thielen uh, is tearing it up for the Vikings, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I mean, the – if how many times we're gonna hear that he was undrafted and the the old story every every single you know week he was undrafted. you get it he <laughs> <laughs> well it's I mean it's I, like when the Lions play a prime time game every time they mention that him and Kershaw went to the same high school together so it, yep <laughs> they love to recycle these old storylines again and again and again in the media for certain yep. Um, Absolutely. So, what, what's up with the Vikings' uh, defense lately? I thought that was supposed to be a strength there going into the season, and um, it it doesn't seem like it's been too strong at all. Well, I thought they they started off okay in the Forty ers game to begin the season, but then I I mean this is just my personal opinion. I think Mike Zimmer started trying to rely on having good players rather than how he had built the defense up with his with his scheming. Mm-hmm. And that's how they got absolutely shellacked by the by the Rams. the The Bills game was kind of like uh, everyone implode game, so I don't really hold that game against them. But the the Rams, and then letting Philly come back in in the game, they needed to tighten up the schemes, and which they did for the most part in the last three games. Even last night, like they they limited the Saints on offense uh, for. Probably the first game since the Browns did it to them this year, but obviously can't give them a fourteen point swing. Yeah, how do you? Uh, how, how, so I guess my next question going into the Vikings defense, and I, throw out other questions, Blue Kool Aid drinkers, if you got them. I don't want to be I all got one. one. 
Go for it. Go for it. One, on a scale from one to ten, one being pretty scared, ten being you got to wear your brown pants. Are you uh, playing the Lions this week? Okay, I'll I'll say it's a four. Oh wow, that's pretty terrifying. Wow. Because <laughs> I mean, all right. I would, who, I would who say scares you on this over Lions the past team, couple of days. Who scares you on this Lions team? Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones scare the, heck, scare the heck out of me. And <laughs> on Johnson is awesome, but I think, like, the Vikings like to limit the the rushing, so I think they'll focus on him. And Xavier Rhodes, if he if he's back this week, he's, he's going to not be 100%. He, he already got toasted by Marvin oh, has, last year. Has Xavier Rhodes been hurt? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he was out this oh, week. Oh man, okay. Then I already. noticed Riley Reef hasn't been in there either. He'll probably no. Uh, they were he probably doesn't want to come ahead. back this week and get stiff armed by Carry On in the flat. I probably want to just hang out on the bench a little while longer. Yeah, well we'll see. Hopefully we can get a bar back this week too. Oh yeah. So, I mean, and, and as far as people coming back, I want to ask you another question. Is Everson Griffin, um, is everything okay in his head? Because <laughs> uh, he's honestly, had a lot of your, issues. Your guess is as good as mine. He, yeah. So I mean, he seemed, he seemed fine yesterday. I'm just worried he's going to bring a gun out to the field like it's like a movie or something like that. I don't I don't think <laughs> it, it was all that dramatic. He... <laughs> like the last not boy aware, Everson Griffin went into a hotel – and said he was going to shoot up the place because they wouldn't let him into his room. And then he had to go to mental health counseling for the last few weeks. And then he just got um, he just got brought back onto the as an active member of the Vikings again. Right. <laughs> wow. Missed that story. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it, I, it got they kind of uh, got put in the back burner of the media, which is I guess good for him because that was not. Um, not a good situation by any means. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, but he's he's a uh, he's been a one man wrecking crew against the Lions, so we hate to see him back this week. Actually, absolutely. Um, eh. we... thanks, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you like Mike Zimmer? Do you like the job Mike Zimmer's done? Because this is a Vikings team that was expected to run away with the division, and right now, um, the Lions are the favorites, at least on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, all all I hear in here in Illinois is how the Bears are gonna destroy everyone. Yeah, but we know we know the yeah, Bears. Yeah, so are annoying. Come on, we can both agree on that. <laughs> I I can. Um, we can find that know, common ground. For, right for this year, I I think Zimmer's had had some problems, but like for the for the most part, he's been able to to rally them back and. I mean, his issues, he can't manage a clock Yeah, to save his life. He's like Andy Reid. But, <laughs> I mean, if he just doesn't get that one game a year where he just where the team gets destroyed, then he's usually pretty, pretty uh, even keel. Yeah. So, okay, Trey, um, just one last um, question for you. Everybody that comes in here, we like to ask them what they think the score for the game will be. So what is your prediction for this week's game? Uh, this one's in Minnesota, right? Yes. Okay. I think it will be 27-24. Who? Yeah, who? Lions, obviously. Come on. But 
Vikings. Oh, oh, oh man. man. Oh. Oh. <laughs> every week. Every week. Every, every week. week. They, uh, oh, they yeah, come boy. in here and they think they know. No, they don't. No, you were close. You were this close, Trey. You were one, one oh, question okay. away. You failed. Four of the seven oh, times they've known. <laughs> I just yeah. hope you got a good punter this weekend. That's all. Might have a chance. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we don't want to discuss punters running around. Uh, <laughs> That's true. That's true, Zach. Um, well, thank you very much, Trey, for entering the Lions Den this week. We appreciate you coming in. Um, we, okay, I mean, I guess me. no. We don't. We don't respect your prediction at all. I, I, I we're just speaking to be honest. Right. We don't respect it. Yeah. But I guess we respect some of your opinions and your. Lineage to Vikings history. <laughs> we'll hey. give you that one. We'll give you that one. <laughs> um, but thank you very much, Trey. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll look forward to a good Lions victory this week. But thanks, so- Trey. Thanks, oh, Trey. All right, we'll see. Nice, <laughs> Spark. nice to meet you guys. So, you guys, um, I mean, what what are we going to worry about with the Vikings here this week? Is there anything to worry about? Their receivers, well, yeah. Adam Thielen. Um, yeah, we got the guy who's had Adam Thielen is a muscle. Every game this year, uh, uh, yeah. uh, tying an NFL record with Calvin Johnson for most consecutive By games. Cal- the, I think it would be fantastic if the Lions were the ones who prevented him from breaking Calvin's awesome. record. I, I think would, we that lo- would be nice. Wait, that would I, be nice. I, I think what, we need what? to lock Slay on him. Just lock Slay on Thielen. Wherever Thielen goes, Slay goes. What record of Calvin is he approaching? He's approached it. He's tied it. Uh, most consecutive games um, with, with 100, 100 yards. yards plus. Oh, but his he holds the unique record of also doing that from the very first game of the season, right? That's the yes. only difference? Yeah. Got it. Exactly. Yeah, we need to stop that. Let's put a lid on it. Um, who, who better than big play slay? Yeah, and I, I don't – I, and we talked about this a little bit on, in the segment, but Kirk Cousins, I don't really fear this guy too much. He's a good quarterback. I mean, I've I've always loved him since he was at Michigan State. But um, what you love the Michigan? State I do player. think. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. They accepted him at school, so he's always has a warm spot there. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've never disliked Michigan State. I don't know why this is a mystery. Because <laughs> you like um, Michigan, anyways. Yeah. How can you have tagging you like I do. both? You're like a walking I do like Michigan, man. <laughs> well, I just found out that you guys are Notre Dame fans like last week. You never mentioned it before in my no. 22 years living. What? We've been Notre no. Dame fans uh, all our lives. No. You became Notre Dame fans. Lives. Well, you're never but anyways, talking about it. Anyways. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think Kirk Cousins is a stable, consistent quarterback, but I don't think he's – he's not going to steal a game or he's not going to – he's not like Rodgers where it's like – you know, oh my God! Like he could single-handedly turn this thing around. Well, th- let me so. tell you where we got to exploit the Vikings. Their weakness is their off. A granite, our defense line is not our strength necessarily. But now we have snacks, and I really think we can try to exploit this offensive line, especially if we get some blitz packages in there. Um, but we got to cover those receivers, uh, even just for a few <laughs> seconds, because. Um, we were talking about it at some point, but like the the Lions, most of their sacks are not like you know like straight up. Right. Yeah. Coverage sacks they're, all they're, year. they're coverage sacks. They're coverage yeah. sacks. 
I don't know the stats, but it doesn't seem like we blitz as much as we. That's a good point, Connor. I think in that last game, I don't, I don't remember blitzing at all. To be honest with you, I mean, yeah, I agree. Seriously. I think they were really concentrating on keeping Russell Wilson in the pocket so much so that if they blitz and they miss him, he's going to go for a twenty-yard run. Yeah, so it's yeah. very much bend don't break. I kind of like. I feel like that's a it's a solid strategy to a point, but we needed like this defense is not a good bend don't break defense. I think this defense has to be opportunistic. I think they got some players that can make plays if they're trying to generate playmaking type. You know, like they're aggressive. When we try to play any sort of conservative defense, I don't think it works well for the talent we have. That's the way I see it anyway. Like, because we don't – we're not great fundamentally. Like, we don't have a D-line that can just hold their gaps and linebackers that fill holes consistently. But we do got, you know, Jared Davis, who's got insane closing speed, and, like, Kennard, who gets after it pretty good. I mean, I just see, like – that's the way I see this defense is we got some playmakers – but like when we try to play good, sound, complete defense, that just doesn't match the, the talent we have across the board. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, the Lions, well, I think uh, with the blitzing, I think we should. Uh, I know we're not a big blitzing team, and we do get probably would get burned on that. But I think they should occasionally mix one in, like they did in the preseason, where they had Jared Davis like bursting through. Yeah. That. We were, you know, just we, just to use it strategically. We, just we were doing that though, there. weren't we? In the previous two games, I feel like we were blitzing fairly regularly. Like that's how we got some of our sacks. Our linebackers. Well, against the Dolphins, it was definitely a defensive line effort, not much of a blitzing effort. Hmm. But the, Dolphins is one thing, and Seattle is another. That's I don't, really. I don't think Patricia likes to blitz that much as a rule, but. Maybe we should open that up a little bit. <laughs> we got to do something. We don't have any yeah. natural pass rushers. We, without Ansa, we don't have that guy who just wins the battles to get to the quarterback regularly. Right. You need that guy. My goal. I think we can all agree we could really use Ansa back. If you're listening, Ansa, <laughs> we need you, brother. Yeah, man. Not just okay. to practice. <laughs> um. But now I want to move on. So we'll, you should be really we'll get to our predictions, like always, at the end of the podcast. But um, we want to introduce some little new. Um, we know all the listeners out there, all you Lions fans, the blue Kool-Aid drinkers. The Lions, uh, a game like this is just devastating. But we need to come up with, and we'll give you nine reasons why the Lions are going to win, the, not just the division, but the Super Bowl. So, Rudd Dog, I'm going to let you kick this one off. Reason one, the emergence of carry-on in the passing game adds a whole new dimension because when you can get this guy the ball at any time in the game, I think that just changes the dynamic of this offense makes us that much more dangerous. And reason two, Stafford will be extra motivated after his poor performance. I think he's going to go on a tear after this. Because I think he's just going to be sick to his stomach after what he just did at the end of that game. So, okay. That was my, All right. There's two good reasons. Um, one of the reasons for me is that the Stafford-Jones connection appears to be back. And when it's back, it's def- it's very, very lethal. Um, it helped us out in this game when they, there was no almost nothing else on offense happening. So I really like that connection being back. And I think that'll help us um, – the rest of the way. All right. Uh, my one of my reasons is uh, the beard. I think uh, I think uh, Patricia will 
figure this thing out eventually. I hope sooner than later, but uh, I think he's a very smart coach. And uh, again, it's only a few games into his career as a head coach. And uh, I think he's going to start figuring it out and we're going to see stuff working pretty soon. So, I have two reasons. One is Max. I think he's going to revolutionize our run defense. And my second reason this is a little more hopeful is that Ziggy returns and helps us put fear back into quarterbacks that we are opposing. I mean, the number one thing with Ziggy, now that you mentioned him, and we've talked about it a little bit, is just his effect in the run game is enormous. I mean, his ability to bull rush and close down um, offensive tackles from the edge is extremely important and to not be underestimated by any means, especially for a defense that's struggling this much. Um, Bob, what you got? Yeah. Uh, Well, I would say the way the schedule's laid out for us now is to our advantage. We got the, uh, with I think the division is totally up for grabs. I mean, we can get it. If we uh, beat the Vikes this week, beat the bears, you know, we'll definitely be rolling in the first place. And uh, because I assume the uh, Patriots will beat the Packers next week. But um, yeah, I think that sets up. And if we, if we can get a a playoff game at home, you know, then uh, the energy is just going to build from there. I like it. And the final, I'm going to give the final reason here. And this is, I think maybe the most important thing is the Kool-Aid mandates it. (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we're not out of it till we're out of Kool-Aid. That's and right. The Kool-Aid flows eternal. <laughs> oh, the, the Kool-Aid's always there, baby. Um, we need it. And we're making a new batch this week. We're making a new batch and we're drinking it down oh, yeah. really good. Hey, um, I'd like to throw a shout out to the uh, Coney dogs that saved our lives at two in the morning in, in Detroit. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, Lafayette, yeah. which is better than American. Yeah. Lafayette, sure Coney Dogs, brilliant, absolutely amazing. Uh, save, literally. Wait, so just really quick for the listeners, you guys went to the game, but you arrived in Detroit on Saturday night. Can you just give us a quick recap of your night uh, in sure. Detroit? Well, I'll tell you, we uh, we went to the Detroiter. and uh, Of course, classic. We sang to the bartender, but then I also yeah. told the bartender, hey, we need a shot of something blue. Yeah. And she said, Something blue? I said, I don't care what it is. It just has to be the color blue. And she said something I didn't hear, so I don't know what it was. She said, but I can make it taste good. She said, I can make it taste good. So I'm like, sure, let's do it. And it didn't taste that good. But it also tasted amazing because it was the blue. That's right. <laughs> right. Right. And, and we were what, in Washington. Did you guys go to we, the did. At the we did. So we did. We got that Saganaki. Saganaki was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got the lamb. <laughs> Spaghetti Arnaki. Arnaki spaghetti. Pegasus rocks, man. It's a great place. Lamb melts in your mouth. Unbelievable. Yes, but not in your hands. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Okay, you guys, we're going to wrap this up, and we're going to do our last segment, predictions. Predictions. This week, we're going to start with Connor. Connor, what's your prediction for this week? The Lions on the road against the Vikings. You know... This is it's going to sound rough at first but hear me out for the whole prediction. I think the Vikings are going to come out strong to an early 10 to nothing lead, but 
I think the Lions are going to get the game under control. They're going to start controlling the pace of play, and their offense is going to be on the field a lot more. And I think we're going to end up with a 27-20 victory on the road against the Vikings. Mm. All right. Yeah, I like it. Works for me. Hey, um, we're going to go to Bob. All right. Yeah, I uh, going back to something Connor said earlier, I think Stafford's going to be pissed at the way he performed. And uh, I do think the Vikings, you know, have a good offense, so they're going to score – bunch of points on us but uh i think it's gonna be lions 35 vikings 28 Ooh, Ooh, like so a big shootout oh he's drinking the jim bob kool-aid again 35 <laughs> yeah. points yep awesome <laughs> i'm feeling it. not so like much it. the defense yeah no yeah. <laughs> all right run dog okay I think the offense is going to come out a little bit fired up after their abysmal performance in this past week. I think, uh, I think Stafford. I think that I, I think Jim Bob's gonna gonna realize. I'm gonna hope Jim Bob realizes the error in his ways. Let Stafford sling it a little bit to Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay and Tate. Uh, I think he's gonna put up some points. I'm I'm gonna go with 31. To seventeen lines. Mm-hmm. All right. Solid win. I'll yeah. take that. Solid win. Solid road. Road. I like that. Yeah. Convincing. Zach, how about you? Hold on, hold on. We're gonna go to you. Dave. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for not oh, forgetting yeah, about me, Zach. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> Who, Jay? All right. Oh, you. Oh, did. yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, uh, my apologies. Well, I think, uh, like you said, the Lions were embarrassed, and uh, this is the NFL, and team can be horrible one week and great the next week. I think we're going to come back really strong. I think our defense is going to play a lot better. I think we're going to lock down on Thielen. I think they'll put Slay on him a lot. I think we're going to keep him under 100 yards. I think uh, Jim Bob Cooter is going to be taking an Uber to the game, and the Uber guy is going to take a wrong turn. And somehow Jim Bob is not going to show up at the game. And Stafford's going to call his (laughs) own plays. And then we're going to go wild, man. I think it's going to be like 45 to 17. Lions. Uh, that's what I think. Thank you. So, yeah. There you go. Wait, what is your prediction if Jim Bob ends up at the stadium? It'll be a little closer. Uh, probably <laughs> probably like 31 to 17 or something like Whoa. that. Whoa. You know. Uh, okay. My prediction. Either way, we're giving up 17 points. We're just scoring 14 yeah, yeah. less. So. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Um, so, Okay. So I, this is what I'm envisioning. The Lions becoming more aggressive here. So they come out, they get a nice little four or five yard run from carry on, you know, set the tone, a little bit of a run. Second play of the game, play action pass deep to Kenny Galladay down the sideline for 40, 50 yards. Maybe he gets a lucky stiff arm or breaks it all the way. But I, I, I'm expecting a lot of aggressiveness on the road against a division opponent. Um, I like th- the 31 points is – I'm going to go 28, 28 to 20 Lions in this one because I do think the Vikings have some good talent, and the, but the Lions' defensive run game should be good. As I mentioned, when they've given up less than 105 yards rushing, the Lions have not lost yet this year. Mm. So, having said that, the Vikings' run offense is very poor because their offensive line is very poor. And we got snacks, 28-20 victory. 
And wouldn't you know it, we're all predicting a Lions what? victory this week. Whoa. Yeah, wouldn't you know it, we're Again? all three and four wow. with our predictions. Do you think anyone here? predicted that we would predict that? <laughs> Holy <laughs> Yes. No one could have predicted that. We're too unpredictable. Wow. I agree. This is remarkable. I think our listeners might have been clued in on that one. But uh, are you saying we're like Jim Bob? Like they're they're picking up our signals? Oh, oh, okay. Come on now. Drink that blue Kool-Aid. Yeah. Drink it. Drink it down. Take another sip there. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening. This is Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid, a Detroit Lions podcast. As always, please share, please subscribe. And please leave a review if you like what you're hearing. Or leave a review and give us a comment and some feedback on what you'd like to hear as well. But um, just everybody give a quick thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank there you. it is. All right. Yes, we thank everybody for listening. Thanks, we do really guys. appreciate yeah. it. But as always, go and Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.